Hello, this is Chad Walls, and you are listening to the Building Walls Podcast. Here we are, it's episode five. This one's live and in person. Exactly. Of the Building Walls Podcast, here with Christopher Dayton, live and in person. Dude, I'm fired up, man. Got out of Michigan. This should be good. I'm excited. Should be good. I mean, you had the chance to eat at a restaurant, to get your hair cut if you wanted to. Almost thought about doing that. It's amazing, dude. It's so refreshing. I think we're <laughs> we're finally coming out of this. You know, it's uh, first part of June, and uh, there's a lot going on in the world right now. We got we got a lot to cover in this episode for sure. Yeah, we might roll quite a bit. And it might be one we have to break it up. But the first thing that I know me and you have really been talking about, obviously there's still quite a bit of protesting going on with George Floyd. And let's look at kind of what we see from a few different sides of the aisle of how it's oftentimes that it's like you're looking at it being an ideal idealistic point of view versus a realistic point of view and how those vary and it's often from both sides of the political argument if you you know want to try to narrow it down a little bit where there's people who look at things from an idealistic or realistic point of view from both sides of the aisle so the first thing i want to talk about with george floyd going on here is there's a massive uproar right now about the amount of people killed by police there's even really stupid things well it's systemic you know that's what the claim the claim is that it's systemic and just to put a a precursor on this before we get into it if you're listening to this um we're going to stay middle of the road here we're talking just gonna we're going to talk about facts and you know kind of lay that out then we'll get into our opinions about it um, but let's let's get some real numbers out here because I think Chad, here's one of the biggest problems that we have is we have people who jump to conclusions or they hear a narrative, they hear you know the influencing of whether it's Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, where they're drawing their sources from, and and quite frankly, that is actually inhibiting true progress because. You don't really know what to listen to anymore. And so let's get some data out there and let's ask the question, what is next? Yeah, so let me lay the groundwork a little bit about some of these things. So first, something that's, uh, to me, it's pretty stupid. And the fact that people want to defund law enforcement. It's been a big thing of that going around. So that's kind of where we're looking at this or the amount of, you know, every day on the news because there's very few days that someone's not shot and killed by the by the police force. But that doesn't mean it happens a lot. So, the first thing, and I'm pulling a few different websites and things that people look to for data as as well and use as their, you know, quote-unquote facts. So, Washington Post here, there's another site called Mapping Police Violence, and then uh, Statista, which often comes with some pretty good uh, facts and figures there. And all of them are about the same. So the number of people killed by the police force in 2019 is right around 1,000 people. 1,000. That's less than three people per day 
that is a very small fraction of the 350 million people that live in the US. 1,000 people in 2019 were shot and killed by the police. Yeah, we got it broken out here too, don't we? Uh, yeah, so it shows that there's 370 people were white, 235 were black, 158 were Hispanic, 39 were other, and 202 were unknown. So there's one thing that I'm just going to be honest. The truth tells us here, if there's 3 to 1, 4 to 1 white people in the U.S. versus, or compared to black people, then obviously that number is, percentage-wise, far more skewed that, on average, so to speak, or based on percentages, there's more black people percentage-based of their yeah, total race killed. It would actually be double. Uh, right. Because you've got, you know, 370, mm-hmm. which... If you took the four times that, that would be closer to, you know, um, 1,500. Right. You know, four times, so 1,500. Yeah, based on the ratios and percentages. And, and then uh, the 235, uh, you know, is is a percentage of that number. Uh, it's, it's, it's about more, two, it's about two to one. Yeah, so I just say that because I don't want people to think that. We don't understand that. Right. Yeah, that's that's one of the first ones. They go, well, those numbers are skewed because, you know, you're manipulating the numbers. No, we're just telling you what the numbers are. Right, and we're agreeing with you that, on average, more black people are killed on a percentage basis yeah. of the total population by race than white people. So let's also talk about this. When's the last time on the news in 365 days? Remember, this happens, on average, about two and a half times a day. Somebody's killed by police, according to... The numbers, but when's the last time that you saw a white man, a video of a white man being shot on social media, on CNN, on Fox News, on MSNBC? When's the last time you saw that? I can I cannot even remember. I can't recall. No, because it's not the resounding influence. That's not the narrative they want to run with. That narrative doesn't fit what they're trying to do here. So now that we have this foundation of idealistic versus realistic idealistic what should happen here no one should ever be shot and killed by police right yeah law enforcement uh is there to protect and serve right that's that's in an ideal (laughs) idealistic world right and that would be fantastic if no one ever died period from anything but is that realistic no no it's not and why why because people do stupid things People do do stupid things, you know, and and they don't, you know, you break it down and maybe it's uh, just a a level of understanding or maturity that we have that we need to understand. You need to respect respect authority. Maybe you could minimize it if you just, you know, had the side where we respected uh, the role of the police officer. Now, the flip side to that is the police officer, I think we need a lot better. And and I, I do believe this. And you know what? My grandfather was actually the commander of the Detroit Police Department. Uh, second highest ranking police officer in the city of Detroit. That's, we come, I come from a lineage. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's a pretty good I come from a lineage of, you know, having, you know, a healthy respect for law enforcement. That being said, how could that be better? How could we look at that side and say, and, and here's the funny part, some solutions to that that are floating around are defund the police. So, 
how is that going to make it better if you take away money and resources then as a society are we not going to have you, you know here's the thing here's here's honest to god this is what i saw with george floyd i saw a white cop murder in cold blood a black man i also saw a cop take the law into his own hands and act as judge, jury, and executioner and forego our entire judicial systemic process. And that's the part that we cannot have. Law enforcement needs to understand their role in the process. We have courts. We have judges. We have laws. The, the police are there to cite people who are breaking the law. But they are not there to punish people for breaking the law. And in this case, uh, there was no rational reason why this officer and the three surrounding him should have chosen, because it was a choice, there's plenty of time to make a decision that they could just haul Mr. Floyd away to jail, book him, and then have him stand before a judge for whatever crime they think that he he broke. Okay? But they didn't. They killed him. And that's the part that challenges a free democracy that you can't have, you know, police just arbitrarily thinking, well, we're going to do whatever we want. And now, I don't know how many police officers there are. Can we Google that? Like, how many police are there in the entire country? Let's take a look at that, because that number is going to be very telling. How many law enforcement do we have? Yeah, so according to this website, there's approximately 800,000 police officers in the U.S. And so the problem I have is once you know that number, 800,000, I mean, that's a lot. That is a lot of police. And you know what? There are some dirty cops, man. There's just some people who should not be police officers. And so if that's true, then how do you fix that part of it? By taking away money? Because that is not the answer. In fact, it's a, it's, in my opinion, it's adding to the resources. Add more money and, and hire better trained people. Hold people to a higher standard. Add a third party, um, you know, oversight. You know, some of the problems that, you know, come out of this is that, you know, the police police themselves. Wow, you can't do that. And, and we know now that that's not good because even in the case of George Floyd, you, you know, you have um, people who had opportunities to uh, reprimand the officer numerous times before for his conduct, and it never happened. And see, that's the problem. And then that's where you get out of, like, the narrative of, like, Republican or Democrat because truth of the matter is in Minnesota and Minneapolis, that's been run, you know, elections have happened on a timely basis, you know, every year. And for 50 years, it's been the influence and the ideology of the Democratic platform. And so you're saying you need change. You need change. We need change. This needs to be changed. Well, then change it. Vote somebody else in. Find better candidates. Right, period, right? Better candidates, no matter if it's a, 
you know, stop. Republican or Democrat, right. it doesn't matter. Find better people. Because right here, your people, your leadership failed you. Exactly. So stop looking at what side of the line they're on and start looking at who these people are. Unfortunately, the way our system has come along, it's a two-party system. And if you don't fall into one of those categories, the chances of you being elected as an official is very rare. Yet, it does happen. I mean, for example, and I'm not endorsing him in any way, but Bernie Sanders is an independent and has been in the government for 40 years now. So it is possible to not be a Democrat or a Republican and to still run along those lines and to still get elected. And the other thing as we're looking at here is, you know, again, I just want to point out all the facts. And, of course, we're going to give our opinion, too. And I'm not saying this is one way or the other. I mean, let me be very clear again. What happened to George Floyd was wrong. But at the same token, I think it's very clear from what I understand and what the media reports and everything that George Floyd was committing an illegal act. That's why the police were there in the first place. So if he wasn't committing an illegal act, of course the police wouldn't have done that. Again, let me be very clear. What happened was 100% wrong. Oh, yeah, that cop's going to jail for murder. Right, and as he 100% should. But I'm just saying, at every moment, no matter what happens in this world, we have to take responsibility for our actions. Because that is the realistic point of this here. Right. The real, realistic point of what happened was he was committing an illegal act, got stopped by the police, and allowed this moment to occur. Again... What the cop did, he has to take full responsibility for that, too. And from the looks of it, he is. <laughs> he got charged for murder and is going to jail. And I'd be surprised if he lasts very long. Yeah, quite frankly, I guess he's on suicide watch. And you know what? It better not be a Jeff Epstein thing where he gets <laughs> off easy and kills himself. Because that's some bullshit right there. Yeah, I mean, this no, no. guy needs he's gonna to serve stand time. His day, he's going to have his day in court. And he's going to take it on the chin. And you know what? I, this is one of those cases where, I hate to say this, but he, he is deserving of the death penalty. Yeah, I mean, he murdered a man in cold blood, and he is the exact person who was supposed to stop it. He's the exact person. Like you, He literally violated not only George Floyd's life, but the lives and the livelihood <laughs> of so many people in one callous act. It's unbelievable. And I get it. I mean, I, dude, I I just think it's 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 one of those things. Here's what's changed. We have videotape. We have the ability. Everybody on every street corner has the ability to pull out their phone and start videotaping and capturing. And then the power of social media, the connectiveness we now have, and the speed of communication in which we have amongst each other, is at lightning speed. You know, where that's good and bad. Here's the good of that. We can actually all communicate and we can all stand in agreement that this is right or this is wrong. Here's where it's bad. When you start with wrong narratives and wrong priorities and they get exacerbated on social media and people get led down, you know, paths of looting and destroying for what? To what end? Yeah, so the, so the interesting thing that I know me and you always talk about quite a bit is that actions have consequences right no matter what happens in any area of life so here's a fact him killing that 
that man, him killing George Floyd, created a consequence of, of that. There's peaceful protest. There's also looting. Do I agree with the looting and the destruction of other people's business? No, I think it's absolutely stupid. I mean, why would you, two wrongs don't make a right, why would you take something that was so bad and your response to it is to create harm to other people, to actually create more deaths now than the one that was already wrong and shouldn't have occurred? Now, with that, actions have consequences. Yeah. And here's a very real part of this life is that, guess what? We don't always get to choose the consequences. No. Some of them are plain as day and some of them are unintended you know, that you don't even know that are coming. Yeah, so even though it's wrong that they're looting and stuff, actions have consequences. And, you know, I look at the family and, you know, what are some things that we can do to counteract this, so to speak. And one of the things is, if you are head of household, if you are a parent, if you are influential in anybody's life, which all of us are, we had to take the first step forward and say, one, let's have an honest conversation about this. And two, how do we get better? It's about us taking personal responsibility. It's about us getting better. It's about us knowing those people who are going out and looting and looking in their face and saying, what you did is 100% wrong. It's about us all looking at anyone who we know who is a law enforcement officer, having an honest conversation with them and letting them, the people we know, give their honest point of view because most cops would would not do that. Most cops hate what's what is going on, and there's two sides of the story here. One is, all the good cops hate what happened because now yeah, they're pissed. we look at them, or some people look at them and make it about all the cops, right? And then there's also people who are doing peaceful protests and look at the looters and hate them because they're screwing up what they're trying to accomplish here. But what's funny is, I often see that those, it's always... People have have to always label it. It's one side against the other. It's these people who are protesting peacefully are going against the looters. They're also going against all law, law enforcement, but at the same time saying, hey, I'm not one of the looters. And then you have the law enforcement or people on the other side of the aisle saying, hey, that was just one, one cop. But by the way, all the protests are stupid. Right. So, I mean, can we stop labeling things like this well, and actually, start having honest conversations? Here's what it is, though. You have to label everything. But it comes down to priorities. See, this is what real leadership is. And I'm gonna, I, I, I thought about this. I'm like, you know what? Here's, here, I'm going to let everybody in on a little secret on how to think. Because everybody wants to just go with the flow or they make up their own opinions on things. And they don't have a systemic or, or a systematic, not systemic, a systematic approach to how they uh, you know, make priorities in life. For example... You know, when you label everything, you have, and I'm going to go through these. One, black lives matter. Two, police excessive force is unlawful. Three, all lives matter. Four, protests are integral for leadership to understand public opinion. Five, looting and rioting is illegal. Six, COVID-19 can spread fast and kill. Seven, the economy needs to stay open to allow us citizens to thrive. I could keep going. You can just keep labeling each situation, but here's what happens. Now you need to put those things in order of what your priorities are, right? So it's interesting because you see the 
Black Lives Matter, and then you hear the people go, well, all lives matter. Did you know that both statements are true? But one is insensitive when, when, when we're talking about a black man being killed in cold blood. That's the, the situation we have right now. So you're targeting, and we're specifically talking about black lives matter. It's not the time to go and say all lives matter. So in order a sequence of priority, in this specific scenario, what has happened is we, we, when someone says all lives matter, they've now shifted the focus off of what the triggering issue is so that we can get to a real conversation. And then everybody's chipping away at, at the, their own narrative, their own thing. Well, the economy needs to be open, but COVID-19 is spreading like crazy and killing people. Did we forget about that? Um, we're, you know, you, you had to be in lockdown for two months. I'm from Michigan. I mean, going to a restaurant, we started this, going to a restaurant it was very refreshing. It was great. But, you know, people are wearing masks. I was just on a plane. It was fine. Everything was great. I think we're going to get back to normal pretty quickly here. But, you know, you, you had this whole thing where kids lost uh, their schooling, you know, for since March. High school graduates missed out on one of the greatest opportunities in their life, which is, you know, something they worked hard for, that they, they graduated high school or graduated college. In this case, my kid graduated from fourth grade into, you know, upper elementary. And, they're, you know, she missed out on that opportunity because we had to be in lockdown. And we don't even know, like, if that was true, that we had to do all that stuff to, quote, flatten a curve. But then before we're even open, we've got thousands of people roaming the streets together, screaming, yelling, touching each other. Some wearing masks, some not wearing masks. We don't know if masks matter. You know, you've got this, that whole part of it, too, intertwined with everything. And all of that is taken away from the conversation that Black Lives Matter, because it's all a distraction. And we need to get back to what, what the real issue here is, is, is that's a true statement. Would you agree? Black Lives Matter? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Black Lives Matter. I don't think anyone but could disagree with like, that. Like here, let's go through this list again. And you tell me, Chad, mm. do you agree 100% or you disagree? Black Lives Matter. Right. 100%. 100%. Police excessive force is unlawful. Yeah, agree. All lives matter. Agree. Protests are integral for the leadership to understand what the public opinion is. Yeah, I would agree with that. Looting and rioting is illegal. Again, yeah. COVID-19 can spread fast and kill. That's what they say. But, so I guess I'll agree with that based on uh, media consensus. Right, and science. Uh, the economy needs to stay open. To allow citizens to thrive. Yeah, exactly. So see, all of those you agree with, 100%. But now we have to figure out where are we going to interchange, like where are we going to prioritize a lot of those statements. And there's a whole bunch more statements that you can put in there that we're not even talking about. Yeah, and one of the things that I find interesting is everyone can agree that pro protesting is part of our First Amendment right, right? Yeah, freedom of speech. Exactly, freedom of speech. Freedom to assemble. So again, like when you're looking at your priorities and how to get through this, if freedom of speech is number one and you feel the right to protest, that also means everyone else also has the freedom of speech and the right to have their opinion or protest in their own own uh, way or fashion. So stop exactly like you said when it comes down to Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. We need to stop 
looking at these things and in an in an idealistic view and look at your neighbor and treat them as you would yourself right to look at your neighbor and say hey here's what i think but hey what you just said that i disagree with is okay too because there's and that's what i mean social media is just a it's a a bed of craziness for all this stuff because everyone it's so easy to type something on your phone or on your keyboard and wait for someone to respond and disagree with you and just start raising cane and 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 just going after the other person's throat but let me ask you how many people do you think would do that in person if someone disagrees with me how many people do you think would walk up to my face and say exactly no. what what they said on social media no no at the same point how many people would start that conversation that they started on social media in front of someone's face yeah so we need to be honest about just having this conversation and one of the things that I always find very interesting, and I get why they do it, but in the workplace, right, in corporate America, you never talk about, what is it, uh, you never talk about religion, you never talk about politics, Politics. you never talk about it's not supposed to talk something sex, else. Sexual stuff. Yeah, I mean, obviously stuff like America. that can be pretty lewd, right? But if that's the case, and I get why they do that, because, again, if you talk about those things, someone may judge that employee accordingly and therefore not purchase a product or not do business there or go write a review. Yeah. So like just take that list back <clears throat> again. That you agreed to all of these. Right, as right? anyone should. And I think if we went through and did a poll and asked most Americans, most Americans over and by most I mean 51% or more, yeah, would agree that each one of those is a true statement. So you have the majority of people believing that, but here's where you're going to run into the difference. This is where companies don't want, you know, you talking about these things is because you might have a different order. You know, you might, you might meet Sally from, you know, Arizona that says, you know what? I appreciate the black lives matter, but all lives matter. That's my number one. True. Yeah. And that's her opinion. And you're not changing that. Which is Okay. It's okay. Let's just be honest real quick. That's okay, right? Yeah. It's okay that it's we would disagree on that. It's understanding what her narrative is. Right. And she's gonna she's constructed that with her own experiences and, you know, her way of life, etc. Where if you meet, um, you know, I've got a friend, Jason, who is uh, black and a cop. And he has a different viewpoint. And he's going to say, Black Lives Matter. I mean, if we call him, I would 99 points. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Jason, if you're listening to this. But, you know, <laughs> for real, he's going to have a different priority set than Sally from Arizona. You know what else? That's okay, too. 100% here, okay. Here's where the problem is. Our leadership doesn't know how to prioritize. Leadership, the media, it's everything is just to fit whatever their agenda is. Because no matter what you think... In, you can look at it based on what you're watching. Each outlet that we receive information from has an agenda to promote mainly what what we see to promote a certain politician or a certain political agenda, really, yep. or a certain agenda because if they promote this a certain way, there's a kickback on the back end. Yeah, And, I mean, that stuff happens everywhere. So let's look at the realistic viewpoint of that it's going to happen mistakes are going to happen police are going to kill men sometimes it's going to be a white cop killing a black man and sometimes it's going to be the other way around 
So let's look at the numbers. And again, I just want to reiterate the first thing we talked about as we wrap wrap up here is that a thousand people approximately were killed by the police in 2019. That is right around two and a half per day. Two and a half people. Of course, idealistically, that's never okay. But it's only two and a half people. Right? Yep. This is not something that happens every day, every hour, every minute. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a war on any specific class. No. 100% not. And what we need to do is, like you said, look at our priorities. Look at the priorities of other people and understand what those are, right? And let's just start having honest conversations about it. Let's start, if you see somebody that disagrees with you, instead of giving your opinion, why don't you ask a question to really understand? Because that's what happens oftentimes is we, we make these grave assumptions based on one sentence that the other person said, and then we assume that they're, you know, yeah, you 15 different things. Yeah, people extrapolate and do that all the time, and you need to stop doing that too. So, yeah, the one thing I would say is ask people questions about what they believe. You know, ask them a, one one to two questions about that specific statement that you, that you might not agree with because what you might find out is that you actually agree and have some common ground there and that you can come to an understanding that you're fighting the same fight just in a different manner. Yeah. I think, you know, when we talk about leadership, because we've got the two things, and it's almost like economics. You have macro and micro. Macro is a look at all of the, you know, the corporations. That's the micro part of it. The economics, micro is every company. You add them all up. That's the macro. That's the country, the GDP. Well, I think we have the same thing as leadership because you have the micro, which is your family. Yeah, your family unit. You are, you know, either you're an individual, or you're engaged in a family. You're a spouse, uh, or you're a parent, uh, and that you, you you need to take leadership in your own home. And then we have to talk about the macro leadership, which is our government, and we need to hold those people accountable. Here's what I'll say about government. I, we, you know, I've got, we've got a governor, Governor Whitmer, in Michigan. I think she's a great lady. Oh my God. Which, uh, yeah, I said. I think I think she's she's probably a very nice woman, but I don't think her leadership ability, her skills as a leader, aren't what we needed in that moment with the crisis that we have. So it doesn't make her a bad person, but we need to elect better people. And then you want to talk about your senators and your your representatives. I think they're doing the best they can. You, you know, I think Barack Obama was a pretty okay guy. Yeah, I mean, he seems like a great guy. I'm I mean, sure I'd love to go to dinner with him. He was doing the best that he can. He's doing the best he can. I believe that everybody is trying to do the best that they can with their own set, and they have their own priorities. Remember, they rearrange these labels. Everybody does. And you know what? I think Trump's an okay guy, too. I think he's doing the best he can. Do I think we could have better? Probably. Do I think he, you know, handled everything? The part, but can you now, after having listened to all this and learning how to think, recognize it in another person? That you see, what is Trump about? The economy, law and order. You know, does does he believe all lives matter? Yeah, he does. Does he believe Black Lives Matter? Yeah, I believe he does too. <laughs> but he has a different order of his priority, and that's okay. Right. 
Yes. Because if you don't like it, here's the best part about our country. We can vote them different. Exactly. The only thing I'd say is just remember that a lot of these cities that are in the worst shape have been under the flag of Democrats and that ideology for 50 years. Not, not four years, not eight years, not 20 years, but lifetimes, almost two generations. Is it better? Or is it time for an actual soul-searching and finding people who line up with you more politically with your labeling and your prioritization? Yeah, that's, I mean, all good stuff. All good stuff. And the last thing I want to leave the audience with is this. I hear things about culture and different cultures between white and black people and Hispanics. I mean, everyone has a different cult culture, right? And it's not about people coming to your same culture. It's about, you know, you first taking that step to understanding the other culture and saying that's okay. So I've I have gone to a predominantly black church before. It was very different from the predominantly white churches, so to speak, I've been to before that. But what I had to understand is that me and me and those people in that in that church specifically, even though I was white and most of them were black, had a lot of common ground. We had a lot of similarities between things and we did differ in some of our culture and we all had a very good understanding that that's okay. That, hey, they might not come hang out with me when I'm doing certain things because that's not what they like or what they're used to and vice versa. I'm not going to go hang out with them, but we can still go to church together, be friends together, find similarities to do outside of that, which we did. And again, that is okay. It's okay to be different. And we have to recognize that. We have to start asking more questions. And we have to engage in honest conversation about some of these things before we make these assumptions and understand the the uh, priorities of these things. So Yeah, hey, and the next one, we should talk about the baselines for humanity. Because the, those interconnections, you know, where, where we say where it's okay and where it's not okay, let's find that. Yeah, I think we're going to point out some very unique things and uh, try to look at it from the other side, yeah, too. Yeah, because uh, we are so going to blend be good. cultures. You know why? Because we're American. And that's what America does. Because we have to. Because we have to. 